so if the sound sounds different now, it's because we had to move from the room we're in and we're going to continue on with the podcast now. So just bear with us and hopefully this sounds clear. Yeah, so bro, with track eight, as I say, I still feel like it should be a bonus track only because the epic nature of the message, which as I've mentioned, I very much hope has an epic video, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> what he really means is, if you don't do this properly, yeah. Bro, I'm I'll, taking... also, I'll take a videography course. <laughs> I will learn how to make videos to your quality and we will shoot this properly. But um, I understand why it was wedged in between track seven and track nine. But as I say, if it can become a bonus track, so track seven and nine actually go together well, quite well. What do you think it was to you anyway? Track eight? No, when you say you understand why it was put where it was, what do you think that is for you anyway? Upon reflection, what I find interesting with it is that from a social context, so wider than just the individual, it helps us to understand a certain behavior that exists specifically because obviously it's a message about men. So certain behavior, thinking, norms that exist amongst brown men mm. that may have either caused you to have certain experiences or helped you to understand why people like yourself may face challenge male and female so how young men young men with young women may also be facing challenges that kind of gives someone not a full explanation but some insight into why the therapy track exists because this is something that may have led to this particular challenge and this particular situation. But again, focusing on two particular bars, the first of which I just want to, want you to talk about the bar, the second of which is an actual question. You said there's no strength in a tree trying to live with dead roots. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know the previous mixtape was called Dead Roots. Mm. But I want to know why you put that in there. And the second thing was you said there are good brown men out there. Mm. which is quite contrasting to what people would think based on everything else that gets listed in the in the track but you said there are good brown men out there but often they're hiding so one I want to know talk to us about the tree that's living with dead roots and yeah. secondly why are those brown men hiding like why why are they being caused to hide mm-hmm. so yeah that line there's no strength to a tree with dead roots it just the whole last mixtape was about if you don't know who you are and you don't have a strong sense of self and you're not grounded, you don't know your roots, you don't know your heritage, but you also don't know who you are and who you're trying to become. What happens to a tree with dead roots? It dies, it falls over, it doesn't It doesn't survive very long and even the smallest gust of wind can topple that tree. So that line was really about a message to brown men who, they're just conformers, they're just haven't ever really thought about or had the self-awareness to reflect on the consequences of their actions, how they've come to... Just like, for example, you are what you eat. You are also what you consume. And that produces your thought patterns. And that's where I was, you know, really thinking about... I've met so many of what feels like the same brown guy. Mm. Short back and sides. (laughs) Same goes to Rockies or whatever in I don't know in, is it in Southall or Slough you know stands at the side of the bar like church and I, I've I don't think I've ever been that guy 
but I've pretended to be, or at least I've stood next to people who are. Okay, okay, okay. Because um, that's not who I am. But I think as men, we really need to pattern up and we really need to listen to what, not just women, but people from who identify with non-binary genders or people mm-hmm. who, you know, just have a unique experience yes. to the experience we have. And you don't just have to be this bland, hollow man. Right, right. Just right. like everyone else who, you know, listens to rap and hip hop, drives a BMW and goes to Oceana on the weekend. And it's not even called Oceana anymore. <laughs> I don't even know what, like, whatever know the equivalent is. So that, that's where that came from. It was like, there's no strength to a tree with dead roots. And you have to really be grounded in that. Like, we had a conversation that was highly impactful on me where you said, no, but Lewis Howe just doesn't do that. Mm. And that is, and I thought about that. Like, what was it that led you in that scenario that we were talking about to respond in such an unequivocal way where you just said, no, I'm Lewis Howe. Mm. it was because you had a healthy sense of self and if you didn't know that in that scenario you would have been pushed and influenced to someone else's agenda for you and so again it was just saying to people masculinity doesn't have to look the way that has been dictated to us we get to define it Mm. and the way we define it is not just in isolation as men but in having conversations with our aunties our uncles our sisters our brothers our friends and then deciding, this is who I want to be as a man, but even more importantly, as a human being. Because mm. those things are universal. You know, we have a great activity that we do with Revive. Men are, women are, and humans are. And I think that human question is even more important. Trust me. Because I don't want it to... We had a great conversation about this at that dinner as well. Like, what is the male and female? What is masculinity? What is femininity? But a more important question for me to ask because your your thinking is limited by the quality of your questions. Mm. And if you ask a better question, the, the thinking that's going to arise as a result of that is going to be even more nourishing and fruitful. So who do we want to be as people? Yeah. As human beings, not just as an English South Asian man. Who do I want to be just as a person, as a being, as a if you believe in a spiritual entity? And to go to your second question, which was Hide it. So it's interesting because Why? I wonder if what you're saying is what would be causing them to hide. Is it that because they haven't been able to define themselves yet and understand themselves? I think. Yet? I think it, what I was personally what I was thinking of when I wrote that was sometimes you know I've spoken and I, I was thinking a lot about this piece. I feel like I'm really speaking on behalf of a lot of women that I've met and what they would like men to hear, mm. and so. There's also that element of being trying to be a voice for that of like, yo, like I've learned these things yeah. because of the people around me. I need you to learn these things man to man. Like, so the, you know, the, I think there's some conversation that we can only, you're more likely to listen to another man, for example. Um, why did that, that bit about good brown men, they certainly do exist. It was just about saying, we're not all like this. Mm. And I've had a lot of conversations with my therapist, with um, other feminists as well about a few things and just talking about sometimes, and it's, very, it's a difficult thing to speak about because we have to acknowledge that we speak from a place of privilege, okay. right, regardless. Okay. Um, 
but also it's still possible for for example men to be abused or for good people to be overlooked because of being a man yes and that's all i was trying to say i'm very careful about the way i say it because i don't want it to be like oh like oh. you know how you got the men going their own way thing all that like i think we definitely have it a lot of advantage but just acknowledging that sometimes i notice i can only speak from my personal experience that you can be a good individual but you may face like that narrative of all men are like this and so so are you and i appreciate that it's down to me to demonstrate that i'm unlearning my condition patterns and biases and also trying to check my own privilege but at the same time i just it was just a kind of line where i just wanted to say they, there are good people out there man like we're not not everyone is like this and i don't think we should forget that and there's nuance to it that yes there is inequality there but there's also people who are trying to be part of the conversation in a positive way that i've met that i'm trying to be and i think it's important to acknowledge that and the reason why we don't see them is because they're just invisible like they just they don't shout about who they are they don't they just do things very quietly they just go about their business and stay hidden in the mist because that's what we should be doing mm. you know what i mean like empowering um women to have a, an elevated and equal position but that doesn't mean we go the complete other way where there is i don't want to say inequality i don't know the word i'm looking for is but you get what i'm trying to say that we then lose the balance between two people I think it's important to recognize and acknowledge yes that you know for I used to have a big thing about oh, but why should I call myself a feminist why can't I just be equality but no because we need to particularly identify that this group of people face these specific challenges mm-hmm. and it's isolated to them and so that's why it's called feminism and so yeah. that's why I am a feminist um but yeah it was just about saying they are out there let's let's be positive hopeful and continue celebrating those individuals because it's kind of like saying you know actually let me not conflate it with anything else because it's just yeah, but, I think, but, but I think what's interesting about that is um, and, and, and I know you've experienced this so I won't even have to ask but the reason we have to celebrate them so much and even if people don't think they're the finished article we still have to celebrate them is because how do I say this in a way that doesn't sound egotistical or narcissistic but sometimes people will go Oh no, but they're not not everyone not every guy's like you, Kesh. Not every guy's yeah. like you, Lewis. Like to the point where like my, like, my girlfriend's like friends say that to her. I don't like hearing that. She'll be like, Oh, you know, like me and Lou did yeah. this, yeah, but that's Lou, isn't it? Lou's Lou's a good one. Lou's, Lou, a, Lou's uh, better. Yeah, like, no, I, I'm not. Like there's guys, bro. Like, do you get what I'm saying? And here's the thing, this is the reason why I think it's true and it's valid. I think it's just problematic because I, I was having a really good conversation with my friend who um she was saying to me i think it's a very difficult time for men where you're trying to figure out a lot of things and i think that i'll be honest with you kesh and when she said this i was like i can't say that you can say that but i can't say that i get what you're saying um that there's just a lot of rage and there's a lot of anger quite rightly so however it, like it, it it's still a very uncertain volatile time where anyone can like get caught in a crossfire i suppose where you it could it, it, i don't want there to be a self-fulfilling prophecy whereby oh yeah he's one of the good ones because then that has beneath it the assumption 
that men are inherently a certain way. It's not inherently, it's the conditioning and the choices they've made. I think that's the part where I'm very careful about. Hate the sin, but not the sinner. Like, call out the behavior, but don't shame people because that just disables them. And I think the way forward is by having dialogue and having open conversations where I can speak freely and say things that, even for example, when we do workshops, I want people to say what they truly think and believe so that from that place, we can have a dialogue and move forwards. Um, and so I just I just wanted to shout out, you know, good good people that I know, good men that I know who, you know, like they don't they don't operate from the same place of uh, inequality. Like in the South Asian household, they are washing dishes. They are doing their bit. They are trying to listen to the struggles that the women in their family experience. They are trying to like play their role in changing that. And sometimes they're overlooked. And I know people like that in my life. Um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that they are out there. And also for the women that I speak to, um, who are friends of mine, you know, like, oh, but like you said, like, oh, he's one of the good ones. Like, it's hard to find a guy like Lou, but it's like, no, they're out there, isn't it? Mm. Don't believe that they don't, they don't, because then you're blinding yourself and, and creating this belief pattern that there's no one out there. And, and it's going to be a confirmation bias. That's it. And I think it's about also giving. So it's interesting because the fact you said, I can't say that, I don't want to dwell on it too long as well, but like, I'm similar so like I will go places and talk to people about like oh you know I'm always around my mentees the male mentees that because I'm male and female mentees but the male mentees that I have I will always try and give them examples of how I think they can be better to ensure they treat women really well so that then you know like I think inherently that will also help hopefully for girls to appreciate oh no men are willing to treat me well so hopefully and then but then I'll get certain females that say to me no but the girls need to carry themselves a certain way as well and I'll be like I hear that and I agree but guess what I'm not as a man speaking from male experience and having male privilege I'm not going to put the expectation on women to say, you need to be better. I'm going to put look at myself first. Mm. Therefore, look at other males first. And yeah, go, let's yeah. be better. Because yeah. we can't control that. But let's do what we can, innit? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because of that. But um, 100%. 100%. So track nine now, the truth. Yeah. You said you're moving one step forward. And I wanted to know if that linked to track seven. Because track seven, obviously, you break. There is no expectation to be the finished article immediately. But one of the significant things you said is, let's just move one step forward. Mm. So is there a linkage there? Yeah, yeah. So we we one of your bits of feedback was swap those two around. And I, I think I, I probably will now. You'll see okay. when the final track list comes out. There might even be a couple of hidden tracks on there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, so the truth, I have no idea where this came from. Mm. I have no idea when or how I wrote this. And I genuinely can say it wasn't, it, again, it's, it's, it came out in one sitting and I didn't think I just wrote. And then I recorded it, added the music. And I, even I, I was like, whoa. Well, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this just speaks to me. Um, so yeah, that one was just about, I think, saying, so I think, I think sometimes we, we don't honor we don't we just really don't honor people's experience like we say like be positive forget about it move on um turn your fuel your pain into your your fuel and not your fire and it's easy to say that but genuinely if you're someone who 
is going through anxiety, mental health issues, depression, all of this stuff, and even more complex stuff than that, it's so unhelpful. Mm. It's so unhelpful because when you have been through, especially things like trauma, PTSD, abuse, it's such a layered experience that those things aren't relevant to you and generic messages just don't hit home. Mm. And so on that one, I just really wanted to be compassionate and patient. I think that's the intention I came from was just, I know things haven't worked out the way that you wanted. And I know that you can't move right now, but I just need you to take a step. I just need you to know that, you know, you don't have to start a business. The number of people I've coached and their goals are always the same stuff. Make six figures, start a business, travel the world, all glamorous things that are a product of the capitalist society that we live in. And they're not your goals. No. They're what you're conditioned to want. And so you could be doing personal development, but you haven't actually been thinking for yourself this whole time. You still don't know yourself. So You're so... <laughs> yeah, do you know why this resonates so much? Because obviously you know what I've been on in the last four or five months of just being more still and just yeah. questioning everything yeah and even like i just started looking at my goals like but why did i write that mm. and well what if i don't achieve it will anything change and what if that wasn't the goal and just is mad because and this, this is why i love people like ishani for example who we were having a conversation while we were away and she was saying you know people around me have just only weird like i i just don't care about money I'm trying to be happy. Yeah. And and the conviction that she said it with, I was like, you need to be celebrated because there's very few people who s- can think it, speak it, but with complete, like every fiber of their being genuinely believes that and they're happy. Mm. And so we don't, I don't, I used to want like, and I still want a Porsche, for example. Yeah. Like, let's be shallow. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't really care, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really yeah, don't yeah. care, innit? Like, I'm happy where I am right now. Listen, if And there are things day, I want to work on, but... Yeah, that's it. And if day-to-day you're doing... And it's interesting because you said, like, you know, sometimes people often jump to those and use those idioms, those, the pain, turn it into your fuel, not your fight, all of that. And it's interesting because you said, no, actually, like, you have been through the most, but guess what? You bloomed. And the bee came. Yeah. That to me summed up this track so well. You bloomed and the bee came despite, and I'll let you finish it if you want, but despite everything else. The fragrance of all those other roses yeah. around you. And and that that part, I love that part because I was I wanted to give specific examples of like you were the kid that smiled on a day that the teacher was so stressed and overworked. Yeah. And that genuinely made their day or you worked 40 years in a job that did nothing but pay the bills but it still means something and we don't we don't sit and celebrate like right you know my dad just paid the bills for 30 years straight he didn't start a business he didn't write a book he didn't travel he didn't do anything he just paid the bills that's big you know that's a big deal that is a big deal you can't take that for granted oh man oh and that's what i mean is we overlook the people who are steady and quiet and that's what i wanted to honor was like you don't need to do some mad amazing flashy glittery thing just handing in your homework on time every day being at school on time every day texting your friend every day are you cool how are you 
you know, small things really matter a lot. And I suppose that's also something that I've been trying to embody in my own actions is it's easy to say something, but it's much, I'm trying to give people love and be a leader in my actions, not my words anymore. So I don't want to tell you like, even for example, I don't want to tell you like, hey, do you want some? It's just, I just fill up your bottle. You don't even notice that I filled it up for you and it's done. Yeah. Or I just hit like, here's the cookie for you. Like, or here's this or just quiet acts of leadership and service Yeah. where they didn't ask you to do that, but you read between the lines and you did what was required, not because you want praise, not because you're looking for something, just because it is of value. Simple. It's such a massive deal. Simple. You, I was saying to someone, just a Regini earlier, that after we got home from my trip, I had a bag with all my clothes and I was waiting to put it in the washing machine. Washing machine was full. I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it in the morning. Got there in the morning, bag's gone. Auntie's like, it's washed. See what I'm saying? I was like, wow. Like, that is a very small thing. She's not going to make a podcast about it. No. She's not going to make a YouTube video about it. There's no. no Instagram posts. There's no nothing. And we need to get back to that. It's just, she just did it. Mm. And she does it all the time. Right now, she's probably cooking food that we will all eat. Similarly, I then got back from, I think I had a call for yesterday. On my bed, on my bed, all my clothes folded, ready. Put it in your wardrobe. Done. And she will, she will not have thought about that again. Yeah. But that, to me, again, was a demonstration of something that we have, in a way, lost that I'm really trying to, like, do more of is little acts of service and leadership that are invisible that no one needs to ask you or tell you. And and people might even think you're a bit, like, picking up litter. I just, just like, just pick up three pieces of litter every day. It's not glamorous. Yeah. It's not going to change the world, but it's three pieces of litter. Telling you. And I personally like doing things like that because it humbles me to say, like, you're not above this, you know. Not at all. You're not above this. And that's why, like, we were talking about going to Pendleville on Friday. And I was like, no, like, I sleep on the floor, you know. I'm ready. Like, I just want to, yeah. like, what do I need to do to humble myself today? Because my, I'll be real, my ego, I'm very careful about it. Like, it can easily just but get corrupted. Like when you said, like, when we go in the car, I'm not going to talk. Yeah. That's another thing where it's like, no, no. In that space, I don't need to talk. Mm. I'm around some real leaders. Yeah. Uh, GR, yeah. But but it's interesting because I'm thinking that based on what you said, this ties into why that last, what, why the last line that I made a note of is there. But you said where there is righteousness, there may also be silence. Yeah, completely. So one of the ways I receive that, so I receive that in two ways. One of the ways I receive that is that sometimes the person who does something very well isn't the person that's going to then pick up the megaphone and start to talk about it. But also sometimes the person that has done something really well and we notice we don't actually go about speaking up. And even if it's just to that person saying, I acknowledge that. Thank you very much. I respect that. So that's what I was trying to understand is is that what that line is there. Yeah, completely. And I think... It's something I've been, again, working on is actively creating a positive feedback loop for people when they do things that are ordinary on the surface and consistent, yet add value. Mm. Like, thank you for staying today to record this podcast and being so open. Because 
if I don't honor what you just did, mm. it's so unconscious that we overlook all these tiny little things that we do all the time. And yet we'll criticize, we'll judge, we'll do, but you don't acknowledge like every day. I think even as I know it's cliche and it's very cheesy, but did you thank your body for the fact you breathe today? Yeah. Like oh. there are so many processes going on right now. Like, did you digest your food? Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you? Yeah. Like once you finish eating it, like it's still in your body. So what what part of you and, and it's just so taken for granted. And this is why everyone chats about gratitude being so important. But actually, when you live in a spirit of gratitude, you see these little, I don't want to say miracles, but you see the beauty in tiny small things. Like it's actually a cool thing that someone decided to make this phone booth so we could record this podcast. It's actually a great thing that and there's so many layers to it that obviously you don't want to get too overwhelmed with like, oh my God, thank you for doing this. Oh my God. So there's a balance, but it's very important. And because it is so rare, it's even more important, especially when you go to the spaces where people are about that life and do it the right way and they're selfless. But where there is righteousness, sometimes it's going to be quiet. It's going to be quiet. It's just And that is cool. I used to have a big problem with like, no, but why don't more people know about it? Why do people need to know? Mm. Do they need to know for it to be a great act? Why can't you just appreciate that this is beautiful? That's enough. Done. Done. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's where that came from. That was a big track still. Yeah. When people, I reckon that's going to be one of the standout ones to a lot of people personally. But, yeah. It's interesting because, fun fact, and I'll email it to you if you tell me to send it to you. But there's another track that came around this point that I took off the mixtape that it's just it's it's a similar it was too similar to this and it's equally like rah okay um but it just didn't fit in the body of work so it was another lesson for me of like not trying to fit everything into one thing Mm. okay so track 10 then odyssey odyssey of learning um i said it was very atmospheric especially Mm. at the beginning yeah Mm. very atmospheric i think that's another anatu beat Okay. So yeah, shout out to him. So what I was what I wanted to know that initial story that you put at the start of the track was that linked to some of your recent challenges? Kind kind of. So that that was the hardest track to write. Okay. And it's still fe- a week away. It still feels incomplete. Interesting. Okay. So I might add a verse or something in there. We'll see. But I really wanted to talk about my odyssey because i spoke to a friend of mine and she just asked me like what's your life story Mm. no like i got as long as you need i just want to hear your entire life story when i finished she was just blown away and just said you've been on like what yeah you've been on such an odd like an odyssey and then i started thinking about yeah, it's an odyssey of unlearning. And then it just, and I wanted to write a piece about that odyssey. And then I, it just so happened that I could only get as far as childhood and then nothing more was coming. And then I, the second verse came, it's completely different. Um, and so I'm still wondering if those two connect together. And I don't know if they completely do yet. So I'm interested. I feel they do. Okay, I feel they do. I think. Because um... it's very much less is more. And it's kind of like, I listen to it and I'm like, what am I trying to say? I don't necessarily need to say anything, but 
Does this make... Is this coherent? I think it is. I think... But again, I don't want to be biased, but I think it's one of those ones where that what's understood don't need to be explained. Mm. It very much felt like that to me in a sense of like... I was listening to it and... Because the title to me speaks volumes already. But then when you take into account just how detailed and visual the initial story is, it kind of sets the theme for the rest of the track. So when you come mm-hmm. in in the second verse, it to me, it connected the dots perfectly. Okay. I felt like the second verse really did um, speak to what we heard earlier, but also give more context and actually mm-hmm. leave you with some practical messages as well as some practical actions. So I felt that... And, and I suppose that I, I look at it and it tied to ideas of masculinity that I was trying to talk about and it links to a coaching session that I had with Josh a couple of years back okay. where he asked me a question my coach what's your earliest memory of failure and I talked about oh, you dropped that one on me yeah, yeah, yeah being and, and you know talking about your act and your command for those of you who've done Landmark um, and that was my memory was being a young kid who had long hair in a ponytail up to my my butt that's how long it was in plaits every day and my mom used to paint my nails and so i look back at that and there was a moment where i was on the playground this kid he pulled my ponytail and that's my earliest memory of failure um of not being a boy yeah i remember being in the toilet so i was washing my hands and this kid came out he was like Oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're young, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the boy's toilet. She'd be the girl. And I was like, no, no, I'm a real boy. Like, I'd say yeah, I'm yeah. Pinocchio. I'm a yeah, real yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just that idea of like not conforming from the beginning and how I used to read all the time. And I used to be dreaming and writing. And I wrote my, f- I wrote my first book in year six mm-hmm. and they put it in the school library. And I still have that now. I used to spend all day writing books in my head and doing all this crazy, weird stuff. I used to love learning. And then that all changed. That all changed when I went to high school, secondary school. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to... Um, and it's only now that I'm like, oh, I just read. And I, I just yeah, want to yeah, yeah, yeah. go do this. I want to just... This is what I do. So that's where that track came from. I wanted to talk about that. So that's where that first verse was so key of getting that first memory in. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see in a week. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> which man. version you hear. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm not gonna lie, I like that. I do like that track currently, and you know, my brother also likes it. So you know, that means something to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny how you, even when you grow, up, you still you still look up to your siblings. Like, no, like, yeah, you what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I feel like, I feel like my sister does that sometimes. She puts <laughs> like a new vlog, and she'll be like, "So you watch my vlog?" Oh. <laughs> But when are you going to watch it? We'll get around to it, innit? Have you watched it yet? Oh, yeah. okay, yes. All right, Nay, no, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, Ride the Waves, track 11. To me, it felt like an outro. But, okay. But, Interesting. because of what followed it, I was like, I'm good with that. Yeah. However, Riding the Waves felt a lot like an outro because I would have been good there. But I yeah. think that's what made the transition to track 12 so powerful. But we'll come track to 12 after. was... Track 12 was mastering self-love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then so, you got Awaken, I think. So no, not there. immediately after. After track 12, then you got Potential Energy, which I want yeah, to come to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Riding the Way felt like an outro. But I did like it because of the analogy. 
So obviously, you, do you want to speak to the analogy now or wait for people to hear it? I, I think you listen to the mixtape and you'll know the analogy because um, one thing on that point that I looked at was, which was a bit, again, helped me to realise who I am, what I bring to the table, is I heard somebody else make that same analogy. And this mm-hmm. guy is a, a very well-known monk. And people were rating it on so like, oh my God, that's so fascinating. Like, how did you... And it just made me realize, like, I came to the same conclusion as this person mm. without reading, just by sitting in the ocean. And I came, to, I thought of that a, like two years ago. Mm. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm special. I'm saying that because I think everybody can access the same truth. And mm. if it's the truth, it's, it's, there's no prerequisite of, of certain language or experience or ideology you can reflect dig and find that yourself you have everything you already need already um and i like that it just reminded me that i don't need to worship this guy and follow him when i can just sit and be present in nature and notice these things and apply them in my own life um there's a track that i may add to the mixtape that you haven't heard yet about nature because um, we went to see Gaudi and I was like, nah, I need to add something about nature in here now. Um, but again, I listened to that this morning and I, I just, again, reminded me that this was written when I was 23, 24. And it's still, the wisdom still applies to me now. I still respect and rate what I've written because it's truth and not because I said it, but just because it stands on its own merit. And I really like that. And uh, it's a really fun, I just... That that track was a lot of fun for me, um, writing it. And I think, I, I hope it will benefit a lot of people. But also, yeah, there's just so much there, man. I think... so. Like, the music is brilliant, too. What's interesting about what you said in that, it, you can come to those conclusions. I think that's so important. We spoke about this briefly on the trip recently. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, so, you know, Gaudi, and this is not to say that we're trying to preach anything specifically religious or have religious orientation, everyone has different beliefs in it, but he said, I'm not in a rush because my client isn't. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, my client's not in a rush, isn't it? So, and my client is God, is what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, and, and so it's done when it's done, but it's like, yeah. to have that level of self-acceptance that I don't care what every single architecture <laughs> book says. I don't <laughs> care what every architecture association conference states and recommends. I will do this in this way. And when I do it, you will follow. And that that is mad because it's like, you do have to come to that conclusion that I've really, read enough books now. Yeah. I was really inspired by that guy. I'm I'm, that I've read enough just, books now. I, I know the answers. Yeah. Why? Because I'm channeling the answers. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and you're asking questions and you're inquiring and you're doing the work and the process of, where do these books come from? It comes from someone Somebody sitting down contextualizing. And where does that come from? Why don't you have the same thing? And I had a really great conversation with someone recently in a coffee shop about this. So yeah, 100% man. Fully feel that. So track 12, Mastering Self Love. Massive track again. Yeah, um, this one is a beast. I'm telling you, yeah. Obviously, you unpick a lot of things in here. So I, I've chosen a couple of my favorite concepts and bars. So first one, Greater levels of self-acceptance lead to greater levels of self-love. So break that down for us. Like, how do we go on the process of 
self-acceptance and then why does it impact self-love in that way? How does it lead to us to have more self-love? Just because for, uh, for to bring it into a very practical uh, analogy, let's say uh, over the last four months, a real example, I've averaged, I track how many hours I do per week of work and that are productive and focused. And I've only on average managed about 15, 20. Now, to me, that's one part of me that will say, you're not working hard enough. But then if I have self-acceptance, it's, well, and I did this, I made a diagram, I drew a picture of myself and I wrote down every single emotion I've been feeling. And there were like 40 emotions there. And it made me realize that I'm trying to process 40 emotions that come randomly in waves that I don't fully understand right now whilst trying to do everything else I do. Of course, I'm not going to be able to do 15, 20 hours of work. Of course, I'm not going to be able to coach people. Of course, sometimes I'm sorry, but I just can't do the same things that I would normally do for you in any, I can't, I just can't, I just, my play is so full, man. And that was self-acceptance to me was, this is where you're at. And I know you want to be here and I know you want to be healed and you want to get back to, and it was difficult for me because I love what I do. I love, I love living this life. I love coming to this office, working late. I fully love it. Mm. And I'm glad it was actually taken away from me in a way, or it was taken away in, this, in whatever sense you want to take it. Because now that I'm back in it, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so like, oh, this is so cool. Yo, like the trees are green. This is so good. I feel so excited and energized. So that level of self-acceptance created more self-love that I just love myself. I like I've said this to a lot of my friends recently who were going through struggles like you come first you are your number one priority you Absolutely. are your number one client so on a Sunday morning do not chat to me mm. because there's certain things I need to do prepare to prepare for my week that that habit has become a practice where I'm practicing loving myself yeah and even for example small things I I've I do anyway but I've done more of in the last few months of um, if I want to buy something, I buy it. Mm. If I want to eat that food, I eat it. Mm. That's it. I just want, I want it. Okay, you can have it. And there was no, there's no fear of like, oh, but if I eat too many calories, like I'm gonna get fat. Yes, like we'll crack on. <laughs> you're gonna go to the gym anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean like? You, why are you living this life if you don't give yourself wireless earbuds that you want to buy? If you don't go on holiday with your friends, you don't just live and be. And so I really gave myself that permission that of imagining if I had a best, if I had a clone and I was looking after me, what kind of, how would I support myself? And the way I would support myself in this moment of my life, knowing everything I know is I'll just be like, listen, you're allowed to do whatever you want. You've been giving so much for so many years. You've done so many things that I don't care. I don't care. You don't need to reply to any text, emails, nothing. Who cares? You come first. Be, be, and it is genuinely my goal. I want people to think I'm selfish. Like my self-love is so abundant. I want you to believe I'm selfish. And I'm okay with that. Because I just know in my core, I'm not a selfish person. Bro, and that no fear speaks that. volumes. I'm in that mode right now where people actively complain. We haven't heard from Lewis. But 
why am I so important to you? Why am I so critical to your progress? Like, and I've I've just also come to conclude, and I did this by accident, but I started just observing and just going, yeah, I'm just going to not give people access to me just to see what happens. Social experiment. Mm. Now, maybe I should have told people that I was going to take a hiatus, but actually, no, why should I? Let me just not be there. What would you do? Does it fall into chaos? Can you can you continue? Can you still breathe? Oh, you can still breathe. Oh, that's interesting. You can still breathe. Oh, you have a brain now. So you were choosing not to think for yourself before. So actually, you're doing them a favour. Yeah. Now you're clicking into gear, a part of their being that wasn't in gear before because they were able to rely on someone else. But what if you haven't got yeah. that person to rely on? What are you going to do now? And it's so important because now, when you re-enter the space, you come here from the viewpoint of insight, that has given you an opportunity to be more effective. So you don't have to be in the space as often. You don't have to be as engulfed. But you can just be like, when you speak, the one thing you do say, when you apply yourself, the one thing you do do, is so much more effective than it would have been before because you're giving yourself space. And, and also, like, I just realised I'm not that important. No, like, that's what I think. The world is not going to stop if I'm not here. Like, yeah, you might miss me and all that stuff, but at the end of the day... Life continues, man. Yeah. Like, the n- nature finds a way. And I think it's important to recognize how dispensable you also are. That you're just a bunch of carbon. Like we're these evolved, I think Elizabeth Gilbert said this, we're like these evolved chimpanzees on oh, a yeah. spinning board of rock. Like nothing is that serious. And you know, when you see that picture of the planets and you see how tiny Earth is and you're in that dot, it's like you are significant. Yeah, but also humble and just know your place in all of this. So really accepting, like again, accepting how fallible I am, my flaws. That I might, I might be inspired now, but tomorrow I genuinely might wake up in the morning and just feel really sad. Yeah, and that's okay. Has to be, and, and you that's said, the first step to dealing with it. It's, it's okay. You said higher self esteem leads to more clarity of communication. Mm. What do you mean by that? So when you have a high, healthy sense of self-esteem, you welcome openness and clarity rather than fear it. And so in your relationships, for example, um, we had a situation recently where we we discussed and I just openly said to you, no, at the end of the day, we're in the wrong. Mm. But if I fear, if I fear clarity, if I fear telling you what I really think and feel, I'm going to avoid that at all costs. Mm. I'm going to avoid an uncomfortable conversation. I'm going to avoid saying anything that I think might hurt your feeling. But when I have a healthy sense of self, like I'm me and this is my stuff. This is what I think and feel. You don't have to agree with me. I may be wrong, but I'll still tell you, no, I think this this is my position on this. This is what came up for me. This is what I think of it. What do you reckon? So you welcome clarity because you just see that it's so helpful. Mm. And in any scenario, similar to you, for you saying to me, oh, no, I think the way you delivered this session, you kind of, you just, you might push them away a little bit. So just pull back now. I'm, I'm welcoming that clarity because that's going to help me, man. Mm. Like, I, I don't want anyone to hide things from me about what they think or feel. So if you think I'm a dickhead, who you think like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. The, the best thing on the planet, like tell me and tell me what specifically. And that's also why we were talking about this earlier, like, so what is it about you that's giving you that reaction? Like, why are you re- responding in that way? You know, what? why are you so excited to see me? Tell me more and that like, you welcome clarity. 
because it helps you to understand oh right okay yeah I understand now yeah you don't fear clarity no because yeah. in that space you can hide um, you well that's that's an interesting that's the comfort zone by not giving clarity it gives them the opportunity mm. to give the illusion that I it's, am invested yeah but if it's, you're not aiming for clarity then how invested are you in a solution is the question and it's easy to be a, an observer mm than being in the arena. When you're an observer, you can watch what people are doing and you can comment, you can judge because you're safe, you're perfect. Mm. But it's much more difficult. Simple example. I don't, I genuinely do not believe that I'm, I make great videos, but they're not the best videos, but I'm consistent. Mm. I've been doing it longer than you. And I think a lot of people definitely look at it and think, oh, well, I think this could be better or this could be better. But in my head, I just think, well, how often do you post on your story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, there's yeah. a lot of people who, and I, it's maybe it's not the best example, but there's, there's plenty of people who watch what I do on social media, who watch what you do on social media, and from the safety of the sidelines, they watch and make any kind of judgment. Oh, yeah, he does this good, but sometimes he's just a bit too happy, or whatever it might be that they think. And that's easy because you're coming from a place of security on the sidelines. Do you know what's mad, bro? And here, wait, here's the, on, here's on, the mad on. thing. The people that watch the game pay to watch the game. Ooh. The people who play the game get paid to play the game. There you go. There you go. It's so mad because when I'm on the sideline and in some areas of my life, I am purposely. Like, I purposely don't get involved in things that even people be like, no, nah, Lewis, you could. And I'll be like, no, nah, no. Nah. But then because of that, I actively don't comment on things. Because mm. what gives me the right? What gives me the right to turn around and be like, this YouTuber should... Do, do I use YouTube? Do I post on YouTube? No. So what gives me the right? What gives me the right to comment on the fact that... And it's so funny because I used to say this about like, you know, I'd see a person putting on... i right, give you the best example. I saw a person putting on an event saying, oh, we're going to run an event to teach you how, can you how you can use a brand new vehicle for being able to raise X amount of money for your business. And it's called... Social enterprise. I was like, what? <laughs> Brand new vehicle in 2018 called Social Enterprise. Then I stopped myself and I went, but how can you comment? You haven't put on the event. Yeah. It's not your event. You haven't put on an event like that. So as far as I'm concerned, if they are actually going out there doing the work, just take it out to them. Yeah. You might not rate their approach and all of that, but guess what? You're not in that game. Something is better than nothing, man. Word. And, it's, it's, and that's what I mean is like, Say, for example, when we're having a seminar in uh, this politics and philosophy course of thing, and I, I do this, sometimes it's easy for me to sit and listen and watch. But it's, I also realise it's safe. It's much more uncomfortable and uncertain and scary to just start talking and saying what I think and feel without a filter. Mm. And I might say the wrong thing, but guess what? I'd rather be messy and grow and be corrected than sit on the safety of the sidelines and not do that. And so that's what I mean is you welcome rather than fear clarity. Like there's so many layers to this. For those of you who are in relationships, think about this in your relationships. For those of you at work, think about it. What are the unspoken, unsaid conversations where you're kind of feeling something like, oh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's starting uncomfortable. Speak it out. You have to. Even if you don't articulate it perfectly, just open your mouth and start moving. Um, obviously, there's a place to listen as well, but I just think welcoming clarity is so key. Track 13 was protect your energy. 
Mm. You said, watch my back. But at the same time, sometimes people need to read between the lines. Yeah. So what I wanted to know is like, what's the advice we could give to people for how to go about reading between the lines? Because especially relating to something you mentioned to me earlier about a friend of yours facing a challenge, you, to be fair, you don't really have to read between the lines with that person because they're kind of just being quite open. But sometimes we need to know how to read between the lines to best help people. But then also something that we mentioned earlier and you also mentioned on this track, sometimes absence is needed. Mm. So how do we know when to do one or the other, when to lean in mm. and also when to pull away? I think this is just where communication is so important. I was thinking about you earlier in that um, there's three things that are hallmarks of really great friendships and relationships. And it's A-R-E. Are you available, responsive and engaged? You are a busy person. Yet no matter when I message you, what I could send you anything. Like It'd just be the stupidest thing. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just even a GIF. But you're always available, responsive, and engaged. And I've seen I've seen your combos like they are hella unresolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But it's a privilege to have access to you. It's a privilege for you to respond. But you always demonstrate, and there's always that communi- like there's always communication happening between us. Like, mm. and there's always that you respond and you're engaged. And I think that's an important thing because that's where you learn how you teach people how to treat you. So, for example. If, uh, you know, I know something's going on in your life or a, f- a mutual friend of ours, it's just asking like, asking good questions, you know. Um, I've noticed that you've been feeling slightly down recently and I was just wondering, what's the best way that I can support you? Like, and I have a friend of mine, Gauri, she's on the first track and she talks about you can't lose that, like you can't lose that delusional quality and she is like brilliant, you know. Gori, if you're listening, you are amazing. And she said to me recently when we met up, like, Geshev, I just need you to tell me what you need from me. Is it number one, number two, or number three? Do you want to sit and have food? Do you want to go for a walk? Or do you need me to distract you and have some fun? What do you need? Because if she made an assumption, I need to cheer him up and we need to do something fun, I might not feel like doing that. And it's so helpful when you're feeling low and you don't have the energy or the ability or you just you just not feeling up to it to articulate that for someone to just say no I, i'm gonna carry you mm. but i just need you to tell me do you want me to carry you this way or this way and this is where asking questions is important it's a, it's a two-way thing like i said earlier like letting people know when i wake up in the morning often i feel low and i react by watching netflix and so when you see me doing that i need to just check in with me and ask is there something i can do or make me a cup of tea Mm. that's a really specific example but it's really helpful to let people know here's what i need from you and i'll be honest i'm not great at that yet um but i'm getting better and i think again that's maybe a pride male ego thing who knows um but it's so important for you know, your real close ones to just, you know, don't, that's another thing about leadership, like, people don't need to always spell it out for you that this is what you need. And I think, let's, let me talk to the men out there as well on this, like, don't wait until your partner tells you to take the bins out, to take the bins out. You know, it could be as simple as that, or, you know, for them to be really tired for you to say, hey, let me 
Like if you see they're they're struggling and they're you know holding their back, just give them a massage. Say, mm-hmm. give me two minutes, let me give you a massage, or just book a spa day for them, or just read between the lines. That's what leaders do, is they don't wait until they are told. They see what is needed and they fill that gap. And there's no manual for that. You may not get the praise you want, but guess what? That's what being a leader is about. It's interesting because um, I wanted to know where and when you did that speech because it seemed like you were live. And I don't know if you remember where it was. So that was a live speech in my bedroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> interesting. So I, I don't know what happened. I was having a conversation. And this is something I've really, again, accepted about myself is sometimes it's easy for me. And that speech came out one sitting. No script, nothing. I just had a conversation with someone. I was in the middle of writing another track for the mixtape. And I was like, oh my God. I just, I just, where's the microphone? Yeah, yeah, where's the mic? Let's boom, go. Yeah, yeah, It came yeah. out. And it was, it just it was perfect as it is. It's perfect as it is. And I, and it's I, deep. For that to be a one, yeah. Okay, one cool. thing, like, yeah. and, and that's something that I've really embraced about myself is sometimes I'll think, who do you think you are to do one take? And you can think you can compute like with all these people who've got all this equipment and they put all this time and energy and you think you can just come in and do one take. But no, it's that, you know, famous, is it Picasso or Van Gogh story where he draws on the napkin? Picasso, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just made, again, I had to accept about myself that sometimes when I'm really feeling something and it comes from this authentic place and it comes through me, it just is. Mm. It's great. Like the truth, same thing. The first track, same thing. And some of the best tracks on this mixtape, like that. Message to Brown Men, I wrote in about an hour. But I was thinking about it for months. Yeah. And then boom. Hmm. Yeah, people need to know that. Because I think sometimes people forget that this can happen just like that. You know, um, I remember one of my spoken word pieces that, you know, you put up for me about time. And I was like, no, like, in the 30 minutes you were watching that show, I put together these bars that I wrote, like, no joke, like, just took me 30 minutes. And yeah, but anyway, so that was protecting your energy. But then obviously what follows that is higher. Now, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Again, vocals, bonkers. But um, dream. When you spoke about, in a lot about in that track, about being on the right path and appreciating your path, and in many ways, some people would say using the kind of like colloquial dialect nowadays, it's like stay in your lane, isn't it? Yeah. But first of all, you have to know your lane. First of all, you need your lane to empower you. So how do you do that? Like, What are the signs that let you know you're on your path? And for you, what have you seen in others? Because obviously you've coached a lot of people, you've helped a lot of people, you've been around a lot of people. Like, What are the things you've seen in others that are clearly signs for them that like, you know, our, our good friend Jazz says further tap bus, right? So like, how do people know they're on their path? What are the signs they need they could potentially look out for? I think a big one for me is does it generate energy for you or does it drain energy for you? Okay. We're still at the office at 7 pm and we can carry on talking about this all night. All night, bro. And that is a really good clue as to whether it is something for you. I think the other thing is can you sustain it? Can you sustain it? Can you sustain it? So, for example, I might be running a business, but if it doesn't sustain me, then... What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And if you're not getting growth, if you're not... Business is not growing, like, that's another example. So, that's the signal for me. And I just think 
this is where it comes back to you could, there's no strength to a tree with dead roots. Like you have to know mm. what are your values? Who are you? What are you trying to become? And even if you don't know, that's okay. But are you in the right places? Are you asking the questions? Are you sitting down? Are you thinking about it? Are you watching podcasts? Are you listening yeah. and reflecting? And you don't necessarily need to be a creative entrepreneur or run a business. No, no. You can definitely work a nine to five and do that and it's i think that's so underrated as well yeah. being an employee yeah and there are i was telling you earlier like there's genuinely times i'm like you know what why, why not take that 35k job for 37 and a half hours a week and i'll do youtube on the weekends mm. and in the evenings i genuinely would but that's a signal to me that even when i'm doing something else i'm still thinking about this thing i'm still interested in the thing i think this is a really um great way to look at it and there is a specific exercise on my inner compass online course that takes you through that looking at the technique that you need to work through to find and maintain your passion and purpose in life mm. and purpose is a big one for me because when you know what your purpose is nothing else matters <laughs> nothing else matters i just don't care like that is why if you tell me on thursday night bro you need to sleep outside. Fine. Or bro, you're not delivering today. Fine. Or you're not going to be in this video. Fine. Because I know what my purpose is. I yeah. know why I'm doing this. It's not... Same with this. I'm not... How much money am I making off this mixtape? I don't know. Mm. Why am I doing it then? I don't know. I just need to. And, and that's purpose. Well. And sometimes that's what it's about. And I was having this thought process recently, bro, that was so mad, which was like, and I don't know where this came from. And this is more of a conversation for me and you to have than to have on the podcast. But why not? We're here now, innit? But yeah, like this is a thought process that I've been on recently that I haven't even got the chance to talk to you yet because it's that recent. It's been like the last 48 to 72 hours. But maybe a little bit before that, to be fair. So since like, you landed in the UK? Since we landed, it may be like the foundations of there from before. But when you know your purpose... And you're actively doing things within your life to fulfill that purpose. Mm. Then you realize that one of the areas of your life that you're trying to fulfill that in, but you had only intended for it to be a small part, there's almost like a, a pressure because of the other people involved for you to give more of your time and energy to that. The ability to say, no, 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 no. Like, I'm only giving this much to it can cause those individuals to feel taken aback and be like, well, I thought you said you were... About this life. Right. However, what they don't see is obviously everything else you do to fulfill mm -hmm. that same purpose. And so the challenge is, how bold are you about, don't tell me what to do because this is how I do it and it, goes, and it works in my way versus trying to almost keep them nice because you also know you live in an interdependent world where you might one day need them and you don't want to ruffle feathers too much because you don't want to lose those allies. Mm. But then it's like, a part of me says, no, nah, but if they're real, they'll stay. If they're not, like, if they're, again, what's yeah, understood, yeah. don't need to explain. If it's, you're real, you'll I get think, it. I think this is why it's so important to look at the entire individual mm. and the individual is always changing and you can only speak your truth. And just because, just because I think, I. Oh, oh uh, yeah like you care about education just like i do so you should give 40 hours a week no yeah he doesn't need to give 40 hours a week he has to give what is within the realms of what is in his being as the expression of who he is as an individual and who is in as an individual is multifaceted 
So I can't dictate to you, like, stop doing football, stop doing 100 black men, stop doing exponential, don't do as, like, forget your life, just be one thing. Who am I to dictate that? I don't live your life, you live your life. But I want to accept the gift that you're offering me of, here's what I can give, and here's what I choose to give, and this pie, this slice of life that I have, I'm giving you this piece. And when you don't acknowledge that, that's like, it's so almost disrespectful. It is. And I'll be honest, I've judged people in that way in the past. What I've I've begun to realise, and this is the story that I want to do in one of the speeches, is even a squirrel adding a small stone to the building of a bridge is significant. Mm. Because for that squirrel, it may be a mountain or a boulder. And so we should be very careful about how we judge people's efforts because if we judge it against our own but you're you you have seven years plus of experience doing what you do you are an expert at what you do so what is a hundred percent for you may not be a hundred percent for someone who is just starting out and we have to realize again even the language you know some of the young people we work with they may not do a meditation or self-awareness exercise with the same vigor that you may, they might just write one sentence. But guess what? That's the first sentence they ever wrote. Telling me. That, you know, someone starting their first blog post, making their first YouTube video, is the equivalent of me making a film. But I can only judge it based on where I am and who I am and only staying in my lane of like, what's in my control? What is 100% for me? 100% for me is making this mixtape doing this doing this doing this but 100% for someone else might just be even considering the idea of starting a youtube channel thinking of a name or an idea or a blog post or a business so i think there's that and i think also on the other end that i think it is about just again knowing yourself having self-acceptance of like no this is my purpose (laughs) and then just be like like easily Thanks. Yeah. Thank <laughs> like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, literally. Yeah. And then the fake laugh comes. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> literally, because it's like, like, because, oh, anyway, anyway. So, yeah, I wanted to get, get through that stuff. But then obviously we got another epic one, which obviously had crazy visuals. So the education piece. Woo! Yeah. So, so the education piece, when you first sent that to me, it's funny. It's funny because this is one of the only times you've ever said to me, no, no, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. no, Because I bro. literally said, I don't know if you can jump on this track. Yeah. And I think I should just well, be well, well, to be fair, I, that I, version's not in there. So they yeah, don't know yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, they would have seen YouTube. the video. They would have yeah, seen the video. Yeah, yeah. So the YouTube exclusive is there where I make an appearance on it. But just your piece alone, bro, like, don't get me wrong, I've heard you talk about some of that stuff in terms of not using those obviously exact bars, but in terms of some of the stuff around like we do know the education system's limiting in terms of how the curriculum works and all of that. But the way it was constructed, like I don't know how you did because it's easy to put a track like that and get get macked, like just get vexed in it and yeah. then just go back. But you didn't. So talk to us like how did you manage to do that in a way that was like raising awareness? Still empowering, also uplifting, but still speaking your truth. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I think I think it's not even something I do; it's something I am and something I be because okay. we've we have such a level of immersion in the education system in the UK and trying to change that. 
and we're always having conversations about it all the time that it was kind of easy to write and to be nuanced and say student and the teacher are caught in the same trap we expect a lot of tables but where's the impact and it was difficult to write at first but then i just said you know what let me not try and write rhythm let me just write what i feel and what do i feel if i if i had to summarize in a minute to all of my friends who don't have the luxury or the privilege of focusing on this but are interested what's my summary to amandeep or to my mom or to my brother who aren't thinking about it every day and i'd say this is the summary mm. this is what i've seen in the last seven years we worked up seven thousand kids and those seven thousand kids tell us what the truth is really revealing is and you know what i mean like just going from there and i think you know i quoted rumi at the end saying or well, i think it's a mix of some of his quotes Caged birds think freedom is a crime. We are beings with wings. We must not crawl through life. So it just came from from living it for the last seven years. And I think, again, this mixtape helped me understand who I am. And who I am is, it's just in my blood now. It's Bro, in my I'm DNA. Like, and that's why I came back. I was like... And I remember when I decided to step down, I said, a lot of people were like, like my Hesh was like, my younger brother, Nava, Nava, you started, like, it's your cup, like, but yeah, how can yeah. it be without you? Of course. And that's where, again, it made me appreciate we are co-directors and co-founders, but also I can't not respect and honour myself that 100%. if I didn't create this, it would not exist. And that's why I always make sure people know that. And that's, and that's, and I think that's what I realise is that there's no ETA without Eric Thomas. There's no. That CJ and Carl bring a lot, but just, he is the figurehead. He is the leader. He is the embodiment of what they're trying to become. And you need that personality. And I think there's the moment that fell away for me and I stopped trying to resist and I just said, all right, cool, I'll play that role. I think because I was afraid of like, but I don't want to make it about me. I don't want to. Oh, I've thought that about a long time. See what I mean? But it's like, no, nah, it's okay. Like, just when you it. think of Revolution Hive, you think of Geshe of Lewis. And, 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 and think of. Do you know what's funny is I was thinking about this this morning. I learned in a training recently that this training was all about sort of empowerment from a community point of view and whatever. But the guy was just like, no, no, you just need to know your struggle. And it related to when I had someone else in, in, who I was chatting to over at dinner who was like, yeah, I'll just be real. Like, you see that area over there? That's not my struggle. And I was like, but bro, that's a big deal in society. He's like, but it's not my struggle. And I was a bit like, that's a bit close-minded, don't you think? And what about the intersectionalities? And, but I shouldn't have to reflect on and go, no, but maybe it is. And I thought about Rev Hive and said, I might have been doing good work. Shani might have been doing good work. The team that's with us now might have been doing good work. But guess what? What Rev Hive does at minimum, it says, this is the mission. So now we can come together over a common goal. And that's why you have to give credit to what you did, because I know I was at a point in my life when I became a director of Revolution Hive and you first, me and you had a three hour combo <laughs> of like, all right, cool. You got made redundant from, no, sorry, you left your, your last job three months ago, having been made redundant from something in the youth sector about nine to 10 months before that. You know, you still want to do something in the youth sector. You're not really sure how you're going to approach it. And, but 
You just know you want to be in and around this. Oh, cool. Now I've got a journey I can go on. Mm-hmm. Rev Hive has, has hit it. Because it was like, do I still want to be in the one shoe set? Now it's just like, boom, there you go. So it's like, actually, you need to take credit for and accept and appreciate and honour, as you said, what you've done before. Because your process of going from, I want to do something to gaining clarity, helps a lot of other people to get clarity a lot quicker. Yeah. And that's what I realised was... So you did the hard work for us. Yeah, yeah, and it literally came from a part of my soul and my spirit. And that can't be... Like, I asked myself, why is it about me and within me that led to all those experiences to make that choice to then do that? And that doesn't mean I own it. It just means giving credence and honouring myself to say... If you create, for example, if you created the first Tesla, then you're also the person that is going to be so great at creating the next version. And you want to bring a team in too, but that's why visionaries in any movement are so important. And that's why, you know, the three of us as a trio now are so important is because the things we've created, the Cobra program, the stuff that I can't talk about, but is a great concept that we're going to be testing soon. Yeah. The School for Life. It's come from a piece of us. And so, no one can steal that, innit? Nah. Like, you ain't got, you can take the blueprint, but you didn't make the blueprint because that came from in the spirit and the experiences and the journey. And you can't do that. You just can't. It's impossible. Well, this brings me nicely onto the last two tracks because I actually wanted to couple them because mm. Awaken and becoming a leader go together to me anyway like i think in fact when i was listening to it i actually ended up listening to them both straight through as opposed to where with each track i was pausing okay. going back or restarting it even when it got to the end to okay. really take it in yeah, yeah, with yeah. these two it's almost like i had to stop myself like did i just listen to one track or two tracks mm. and it was interesting because it was like i just literally remember it finishing and going when you're awakened and you take on board your potential and responsibility to be a leader. That's a wrap. Yeah. So yeah, talk to me about those two tracks together, man. So again, um, the second one, the last track, Becoming Le- Become a Leader, is a live talk. That was that in North Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the one before was a live talk I did in my room. The <laughs> same day I recorded Protect Your Energy. Okay. In fact, I think it was in the car. And it just came from it was at the beginning of this journey that I've been on. And let's just say I was very fresh and very raw. Mm. And I knew what I knew what was coming. Like, so this was in I went to this meditation retreat, this awakening meditation retreat in what, May. And I sensed like I just felt the anxiety. I just sensed in my body, my body was just telling, screaming out to me, you are about to walk into something huge here. Be very careful. And there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety coming up for me. And I met this guy, Nipun Mehta. And like I say in the mix, I was just listening to him, observing, learning. And I asked him a question and his response was so powerful to me and it just also made me think about wow like I'm the kind of person that when I go through a difficult challenge in life my default conditioned response has become to go to speak to a monk about this hmm. <laughs> and have a meditation retreat where I sit with it <laughs> and I was just really inspired by 
I thought I was a certain level of leadership. And then you see someone who, this guy has is one step away from the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and he rates him. And he's living this life to such a crazy level that it just, you can't be what you can't see. And I really saw him and I thought, damn, like, is that what leadership is now? Mm. And it just elevated my thinking to another level and my vision to another level of, I think if I'd asked somebody else that question of how do you prevent yourself burning out? How do you give to so many people? Maybe they would have said, well, you don't give. But he said to me, no, you just have to have such clarity of thinking, such powerful habits and such a great filter that you could go to the worst place in the world and you can filter everything. Mm. And I'm not saying you should do that, but that's what you should aspire to create in your mindset and your spirit and your practices and your community that you can handle that. Because that's where no one goes. No one goes to the slum. No one goes to the orphanage. No one goes five hours out. No one is willing to do that. But if you're that type of leader, and if that means something to you, I dare you. And I just look, and he, and he's not, he's not reading anything he read in a book. The guy is living this. He had a well-paid job in Silicon Valley, and he started a movement which is all about selflessness, all about service. Everything's free, free cooked meal, free meditation circles all over the world. He's traveling, <coughs> and also, it's like a normal guy, like in a shirt and a suit, just. No socks, toes out, eating some cake, having a conversation, but genuinely all the time creating spaces where people could share, where he's not the oracle of being, he's the facilitator constantly like, so yeah, what do you think about this? Because I'm kind of confused as well. Like mm. I get annoyed when a fly sits on my face when I'm meditating and I was really trying to just be grateful to that fly, but I'll be honest, I was just annoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just so powerful to me to hear him and see him and and learn from him and then that last track i just heard that that melody and i thought i want to leave people on such a playful light feeling and high that is so different to the beginning like you've genuinely been on a journey so you feel the heaviness i'm not like you feel equipped when you're finished (sighs) nice and then it was it was done and bro that's what i'm saying like and i'm just excited when people get to hear this and I think what people need to do, though, is to appreciate that when they listen to this, try and listen for the layers, though. Mm. So don't necessarily just listen for the bars. Don't necessarily just listen for the melodies. And There's a lot of Easter eggs. But, 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 full MCU. Uh, 100%. But I also think what people have to do... So, yeah, the, the Easter eggs are definitely there. Yeah, because if they if people watch enough YouTube videos or have listened to previous mixtapes or whatever, they'll get But even in terms... I was just saying, even in terms of what is going to come next in 2020. Okay. The... The seeds are there. All right, we don't talk too much. We ain't going to talk too much. We ain't going to talk. But, 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 I think what people need to do as well, listen to this from a, I'll be honest, listen to it from a neutral point of view. Try not to have your lens on of, of like, oh, but I know Kesha because either he's my friend or or my family or like, I follow all his YouTube. Just, just listen to the body of work. Listen to it as if you're trying to depict what an artist has put together and understand it on serious levels. And trust me, you will go on a different journey. Because that's how I listened to it. I didn't listen to it like, oh, this one, but I tried to listen to it like, no, no, what's really going on here, isn't it? And whoa, yeah. So I'm just saying like, don't just keep it to yourself as well. Share this with people because 
it's, it's different. It's different. That's all I can put it down to, innit? Like, I've it, not heard I, of I can only really speak like from my personal experience, but listening back to it, when I do sit down and listen to it for the full hour, it always feels transformational and cathartic. And, it is that. And very, f- like, you're in there with it. And, and then it's freeing. You know, I listened to that therapy track so many times. And I felt for myself listening to that moment when my voice breaks and you just hear the pain come through. Even I felt like, oh, man, mm. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's deep. So, so then yeah. That's man. why that moment helps you appreciate the final track and where that leads. And, and also the power and spirit throughout that is there. And it's a very honest tape. It's a very raw tape but it's also inspiring 100 percent. to me at least i'm biased of course no but you're allowed to be but like i mean let's let's end with a for old time's sake nugget of the day in it there's so many bars that you could quote but what i'll let you you leave with that man i I still think if i'm being 100 percent honest when you said self-acceptance is literally what's going to take you to the point of self-love that to me, because I'm very linear, but like literally accept yourself, who you are, what you've experienced, what you do, what you currently believe, accept it all. Why? Because you need to understand that you are present, you exist, because some people don't even necessarily believe in their existence properly. And there is someone or some place that genuinely appreciates you. Mm. And as soon as you accept all of those things, as soon as you accept that this is who you are, this is what you like and all of that, and that's okay, you are then currently practicing self-love. Like literally at that point, you're starting to appreciate yourself. You're starting to realize you bring something to that table. It's so important. Like, yo, Lewis, you don't watch anime and that's okay. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yo, Lewis. You're not a gangster, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Lewis, you're not you're not the captain of Arsenal right now, but that's okay. Yo, but just know, like, you're doing all right, innit? Do you get what I'm saying? So just like, it's okay. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, man, it's so key. It's so key. That's how I view it, innit? That was my biggest takeaway from this whole thing, 100%. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for listening to it, for your time, for your questions. And your energy and like just spare things, bro. Um, and I'm excited. So if you want to listen to the mixtape, just go to www.geshevbutt.com forward slash Lotus. If you're listening to this before the 12th of October, you can put your name and email address in and I'll let you know when it comes out. If it's after then, you can just put your name and email address in and I will send you the mixtape for free. I'm going to try and get it on Spotify and all that jazz, but no promises because of the rights and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, um, this was fun and I just like doing stuff that's fun. Work is play for me. Play is work for me. And yeah, I would love to hear genuinely if you listen to this entire podcast part two, yo, like hit me up at BX on Instagram at Mr. Lewis Howell on Instagram. Uh, Email me support at geshevbot.com. That my socials are there there will be videos coming for the mixtape throughout the rest of the year i have what 49 days left before i go to a dark cave somewhere in <laughs> india to just crack on um and i'm just intrigued 
and curious, a little bit nervous, a little bit vulnerable to see what ripples are created from this. Who knows where it will go? Um, and other than that, yeah, just keep following your inner compass. Accept only the best and nothing less. And as always, absorb what's useful, discard what isn't, and add what is uniquely and truly your own. Peace. Thank you.